It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rams Nation, welcome back. It's your boy Bear Motter from Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. It's the Tuesday edition of Locked On Rams, and yes, it is draft week. For the love of God, will the mock draft stop? I don't know about you guys, but Rams picking in the third round. Not a lot of fun seeing all these mock drafts left and right, first round, second round predictions. When's the third round? Where's that third round mock that everyone loves? I saw an article posted by The Ringer today that said 0.2% of the internet is hitting on their day three projections. So why are we doing this? I know why, because we all love football. And I'm excited for this draft to be here and finally figure out uh, a few days later who the Rams are going to pick or if the Rams are going to get aggressive and try to move back into the second or first round. We've talked about it. They've got some picks they can compile. They've done some aggressive moves with how they've acquired different players this offseason. So maybe they've got a couple guys in the draft that they're looking at and will hedge some future picks as well to kind of move up the draft board. I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. We will have to wait and see, but... Uh, the Rams are still going to continue on with their draft day festivities. The Rams will kick off the draft weekend on Wednesday, April 25th. That's tomorrow, people. Uh, with a roundtable featuring head coach Sean McVay, Les Snead, and players like Jamon Brown, Ibukum, Jared Goff, John Johnson, Andrew Whitworth, and more. Uh, it's going to be a discussion that there will live stream at 8 p.m. Pacific on Twitter, Facebook, and all channels, including therams.com. Make sure to check that out. I'm sure there's going to be some fun stuff that come out of that. As well, on Thursday, during night one, just because we're not drafting doesn't mean that there's going to be anything going on. Uh, four local establishments are going to support their celebrations of the draft, so you can uh, go check it out at Big Wings, North Hollywood, Roscoe's Tavern in Westwood, 901 Bar and Grill, uh, that's on Figaro in Los Angeles, and then Stag Bar Kitchen, uh, which is in Newport Beach. Those four places are going to be participating uh, in the day one of the draft for the Rams. They're going to have uh, Rams legends, cheerleaders, merchandise giveaways at the following locations. So if you're in one of those areas, go check it out. We also found out that our third round pick will be selected by the 2017 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, Roger Saffold. He will represent the team down in Dallas and is going to announce that third round pick live from the podium. So that's pretty exciting. See our boy up there who had a great season all year. He's going to bring in the newest edition of the Rams. So all exciting stuff. I'm just glad that it's finally here. We've been talking draft nonsense for a long time. What are we going to do? We were stuck on that 23rd pick for the longest time. Then we said, you know what? Let's go get a proven player. We traded that pick to New England, who is now sitting in that position. There's a lot of talk about them moving further up, maybe even with the division rival Seahawks, as the Seahawks probably look to uh, pile up a couple more picks as they are hurting a little bit on the roster right now currently. So all exciting things, even if we aren't involved day one. You know what? We're going to do our own thing. We're throwing some parties. Uh, we're doing some roundtable discussions with the coach, which I know everyone out in Rams Nation, if you're like me, uh, any day of the week that the coach is talking, I find that pretty interesting. No matter what he's talking about, 
He could be at a Chuck E. Cheese talking about ski ball and count me in. The guy is just captivating. So that's going to be a good one on Wednesday. So make sure to check that out. We'll talk about it here on Lockdown Rams. Don't forget Lockdown Rams is your daily source for news, updates, roster moves, opinions. James Kroger, myself, awesome guests all the time. You can reach me at LA underscore Rambling Bear or Lockdown Rams on Twitter. Hit me up in Gmail, lockedon at gmail.com. I also want to give a quick shout out to Will Powell, who reached out to me via Twitter. Thanks, man. He said he just discovered the Locked On podcast. Great stuff. Can't wait for the start of the season. And if I'm not wrong, this man is coming all the way from England, the United Kingdom. So shout out, listen across the pond. I know the Rams played over there a couple times. My man, appreciate it, Will. We will continue to give you Rams news, updates, all that information I just spoke of. And when the season comes, we'll kick back up to our five days a week. We're excited about getting there. Lots of stuff to talk about. Till then, we'll start with the draft. And you know what? Today, we're going to start with some fantasy football. We haven't talked a bunch about that, but I'm a huge fantasy football player. I know James is as well. Most of you guys that are listening uh, our fantasy football players. So I got a really exciting guest today. I've got Mike Wright from the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. If you haven't checked it out, go check out that podcast. It's great. Uh, they do a great job breaking down all teams fantasy football-wise and just giving you all the stats and what you need to do with your team. If you fail and can't win a championship after listening to that podcast, then you know what? You want to join my league? I need a couple losers to join my league. First, we got a message from our sponsors and then our conversation I had earlier today with Mike Wright from the Fantasy Footballers. Enjoy, guys. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trail Blazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, super excited about our interview we have today. I've got Mike Wright of the Fantasy Footballers. We've been putting this back and forth together for a couple weeks, so I'm glad we finally got it together. Mike, thanks for joining us. How you doing today, bud? I'm doing fantastic. The NFL draft is quickly approaching. I'm very excited for that. Are the Rams 
is Rams Nation excited for the draft, even though you, I mean, you guys made a move where you lost some draft capital? Yeah, I think, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I think most of the Rams Nation is is excited to have day one and two mock drafts over, rounds one and two, shall I say? Because we're <laughs> right. seeing all these mock drafts. Let's talk about the first two rounds of mock drafts, and we're like, that does nothing for us unless you write in a trade for us moving up. Uh, it's just a bunch of hype and, and noise for us. So I think we're all excited just to get to day two of the draft and see who we get to pick finally uh, and what's going on. So if, if we move up and you know, you know, package some uh, picks and try to go get some people, as they've said, this is a very you know, talented, heavy draft, or if we just hang out in our third round and do what we did last year and pick up a guy like Cooper Cup and see how that pays out, I think we're good either way. But, man, we're ready to get this thing uh, over with and put on some pads, I think. Well, to be fair, your team has not been aggressive in the least during this offseason. Yeah, I guess that's the one thing you can say is, you know, everyone's all excited about the draft, and we did all of our noise before the league year even started. So uh, no complaint forms from Rams Nation as far as what's been done in the offseason. I think now you should you, have none. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's funny as you kind of follow along on Twitter and you see people trying to break down the roster and go, oh, well, we're short on some edge rushers and linebackers and, you know, our joke all along is, you know, basically put me and you in there, Mike, at linebacker, and we'll be a top five defense uh, with everything <laughs> else they've done this year. So, um, yeah, no complaint forms. I think at this point, Rams Nation may be just getting a little picky, and everyone's just really anxious to see what these players can do together. Yeah, that's a fair point. We've seen a few times, at least, where it looked like a super team had formed in the offseason on paper, only to watch everything fall apart. I don't think that's going to happen to the, what the Rams have done, though. I think they're doing things very smart, and the you have struck a diamond, I was going to say in the rough, but almost a diamond out of diapers from yeah. Sean McVay. Yeah, I couldn't agree more there. Um, you know, when we first talked about him here on our podcast, uh, when he first was hired, I mean, we knew of him, but we didn't really know much about him. And it was kind of like, wow, they moved fast on that. You know, they went from interview to hire. They didn't interview a lot of other people. And just see the turnaround that he's done and how, you know, guys like Andrew Whitworth, veterans that have been in this league a long time, they come into the locker room and they're like, wow, this guy gets it. And they've bought in right away. Kind of gives you that confidence as you start to add a lot of these personalities uh, that are all after one thing, which is winning a Super Bowl. And then you connect some of, uh, you know, Wade Phillips with some of his old players and, and adding that leadership there. You start to think, man, this thing could actually work. And it's kind of exciting as, as you look at it on paper. But you're right. we got to get out there and prove it again. I guess one of the first questions I want to ask you is with one of our new additions. I mean, uh, how does Brandon Cooks come in to play versus what we did last year with Sammy Watkins? Does he add more value? Does he fill in the same role? Or, or what are we going to see as far as that? you know, and taking a look at it in the fantasy football perspective. Uh, he's he's certainly different because you have Sammy Watkins who uh, he could get it done in the red zone. You saw his impact as a touchdown machine for the Rams last year. Brandon Cooks can do that. He can hit you with highlight plays, huge bomb touchdowns. But I, I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer for you guys, but I, I'm not sold on Brandon Cooks being this elite-level uh, elite wide receiver one in the NFL. We've seen several times from the Saints, and you saw it last year, when a team decides that they're going to get very physical with Brandon Cooks, 
they can make him evaporate from a game plan. And a number one wide receiver should not be able to do that. Right. Now, there's not very there's not very many number one wide receivers in the league, but with what you gave up to acquire Brandon Cooks and the impending amount of money you're going to have to pay Brandon Cooks to stay around, which it's going to happen. If you give up a first-round pick, you're you're going to pay that player. Right. Unless you're the Patriots and you are able to rent a player for a first-round pick and then trade him away for an even better pick the following <laughs> year. But I I just have I would have I have my concerns about investing that much into Brandon Cooks. His hands are fantastic. His routes are pretty nice, but it, when a player like Patrick Peterson, who he's going to see twice a year now, when it, if Peterson can get him jammed on the line, he can frustrate him and remove him from the from the game. Which we maybe Sammy Watkins would have been a better option. I don't know the whole story of if they were making him offers and he just he got a better one from the Kansas City Chiefs, or if they simply didn't feel like he was worth the money. Uh, so it cooks is just not that player for me while he's a he's definitely a huge upgrade for your offense having lost Sammy Watkins so I don't don't take what I'm saying to to say I don't wouldn't want Brandon Cook right, on my team right well I guess that kind of plays into you know you know following up on, with the follow up question here as as you look at that replacement for Sammy Watkins and you know, looking at it as a positive, right? And there may be some current concerns about how he can really fill in those eight touchdowns in the red zone, which Sammy was able to produce. Uh, we've got a pretty nice receiving core that goes behind him, right? Uh, Woods yeah. had, a, had a breakout year last year for what really was expected for him coming over. And then Cooper Cup kind of, yeah, maybe shocked a lot of people nationally, but not so much here locally. And those that know him out of Eastern Washington on the production that he was able to bring, as the secondary option for the Rams, who would you look to first uh, to fill that role if, you know, like you said, Cooks get shut down for a game? Is that going to be Cup taking that second step further to be that number two guy? Or do you see that just kind of a wide receiver by committee, whoever's going to be, Goff's going to spread the ball around type of deal? Uh, likely a committee type of situation. I do like Robert Woods. He was a player who I thought was underutilized and undervalued by Buffalo, but we have seen that be a trend from that team in recent years of players like Chris Hogan. They just don't know how to take advantage of these players and they end up going to teams and having wildly successful years. So it's, it wasn't a shock to me that Robert Woods was able to do, do what he did and, and basically become your number one wide receiver. I, I don't see a situation though, where one of them will be dominant for fantasy football, especially with the addition of Brandon Cooks. You probably have to pencil Cooks in for a 1,000 yards since that's just what he tends to do because he can have such massive games uh, here and there. Other than that, though, it's it'll be tough to know. There are going to be hot commodities for fantasy football drafts just because the Rams were such a potent offense, but everything runs through Todd Gurley, and everyone knows that, that as soon as you get anywhere close... It's Todd Gurley time. He's going to be fed through the air as well. So these receivers are guys you want to take in those middle rounds and hope and just hope that one can take the step forward like you had mentioned and establish themselves as a, as a weekly starter instead of a spot start. 
Yeah, definitely. As I look at the Rams' offensive weapons as far as fantasy football, and, I, and you kind of go to this point, but it almost looks like one of those teams that would drive you crazy as a fantasy football owner because, like you said, you almost have to pick up a couple of them and hope that your guy ends up being the guy in the season, and then you're going to go, you know, maybe you had a big game this Sunday, but next Sunday the other guy's going to go off. Is that kind of the case is just kind of pick up as many as you can get your hands on and then just go through the frustration of figuring out who you're going to play that, that, that week? I, I don't like to put all my eggs into one team similar to that, but I, I would be, I'll be diversifying around different leagues. So, you know, one league I'll take the shot on Robert Woods in the fifth or sixth round and in a different league, I'll take that sixth or seventh shot on Cooper cup. So how many leagues are you in these days, Mike? Oh, it, serious, really committed leagues, uh, probably around that four to five range. But by the by the end of draft season, I'm over the double digits, and <laughs> and I do my best to try and care about yeah. all of them. But it, it could be pretty tough. Yeah, I I believe it, and I appreciate the honesty because I, I'm I'm more, I'm more in the four to five range of my total drafts, and then there's usually about two to three i really try to give a push about carrying but it's really tough yeah. when you get to the the end of them and if anyone has a yahoo league i don't know about you but that's that's where i start to really dive out <laughs> and stop paying attention <laughs> i can't do the yahoo as much as uh espn in the past few years but uh i was always curious as listening to you guys you know how many you actually were getting involved in so that's that's good to hear um so if you let's say you know in one of your your major leagues and i'm kind of pushing you to take a pick here uh, but you've got, you know, let's say Cooks is gone and, and you got that, you know, Woods or Cup. Who do you feel most comfortable at this point to go with as your guy for fantasy value? It's still Woods uh, with, with what he did last year, showing the chemistry with Jared Goff. I would still go that route. I think Cooper Cup is a, a, a fine wide receiver, but for a, a – it's – it's used to be a dirty word to call someone a slot wide receiver. It's not so much, thankfully, anymore. But I'm going to take the shot for for that particular team. I would take the shot with with the with the outside wide receiver. Although we saw Cooper Cup once once he finally got the shot in the the second half of the year when you saw his snaps jump from 66 to over 86 percent of the snaps. You saw the production come with five plus receptions or a touchdown in six of seven of those final games right right and i i think um you'll see a lot of player or a lot of players out here in the west coast picking up cup probably a little bit too soon than he should there's a big hype on my man out here uh everyone seems to he's a fan favorite so i always be very careful when i'm in a league with people out in la because i know uh, obviously the rams uh, hype is starting to pick up and you start to see those picks cooper going uh, a little bit too early than he probably should, so it leaves some that's other players one of the, out there. That's one of the secrets of fantasy football is you got to know people's – you know their teams. You know how they're biased to take certain players early. So I love that. I love when, <laughs> when I'm in that type of situation, and especially when there's a bunch of them and they're all going to start competing over the same homer picks. That's right. fantastic. Right. Push my guys down. Uh, <laughs> I've got a question, I got a question for you yeah, shoot. Being, being more plugged in. How are people feeling about Gerald Everett? I was ecstatic about the pick uh, back last year. 
Uh, I bought in to not necessarily production year one because he's a tight end. That those things are it's really tough for that to happen. But buying into the narrative of you, uh, Sean McVay, who just came from putting up monster numbers or feeding monster numbers to Jordan Reed, he was uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. His first draft pick ever uh, under the Sean McVay regime as the head coach. Yeah. Very, very athletic. I know that Tyler Higby is still around, but to spend a second-round pick, an early second-round pick on this behemoth of a man, how do they not start utilizing him uh, this year with a little bit more frequency? Because you saw the big play, the big splash plays when he was given an opportunity. No, I totally agree with you. And we're really hoping that this full year, this full offseason uh, year two going in for him, he can really develop and grow because I think in a way, and, and I'm just kind of speaking from my own opinion here, but I almost feel like he got lost in the mix last year. We started pretty early. They got him into the game, got some flow. He's not a great blocker, uh, but he's not meant to be, right? He's more of that. That's why uh, I love him. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why they picked him up. That's why we thought they picked him up. But I think in just the mix of that first year and trying to get Todd Gurley going off the ground and, you know, newcomers of Cup and Woods and where everyone fit in. I can't tell you from a practice standpoint, but he just kind of lost his role as far as fitting in this year. And we're really hoping that he can get back to it because you're right. When we saw the pick, we're thinking, oh, this is awesome. He comes from, you know, loving the tight end and working him into the system. It's perfect for a second-year guy like Goff and it allows him those easy, comfortable short throws and get, you know, you know young guy to young guy, that connection. And it just never really developed. He had a couple drops early in the season that seemed to kind of get in his head a little bit. And then they went away from him. Higby came on after his injury and seemed to produce pretty well and, and had that kind of I could lean on you type of thing with Jared Goff. You saw that relationship there. So I'm really hoping this year, and everyone's talking about the wide receivers, that it is the year of the tight end that they really develop that position, that Higby now in his third year, second year with McVay, and Everett in his second year coming in, uh, well, will they really take that next level? Because you saw the tape on him. Obviously, you know his, yeah. his production level and what he does with the ball after he catches it. And I think that's what we're all hoping here is that as it is a wide receiver by committee, as we kind of named it here earlier, that it can be not so much wide receiver, but offensive weapon by committee, right? Gurley's going to be the guy. He's going to get the, the boatload of everything. But when he needs a break, can we dump it down to the tight end? Everett can break tackles and make plays and look like a wide receiver. So we'd love to see him get more opportunity. I think that was his big problem is he just didn't have the opportunity last year, especially in the second half of the season. Uh, those numbers really just slipped. There were a couple games where I don't even think he got uh, a target or even had a couple, you know, was limited and minimal, you know, handful of snaps. So we're just hoping to see him get in more and that maybe this, you know, relationship has developed. He's understand the offense and McVay is finally ready to start calling his number. I'm with you on that one. Fantastic. <laughs> you, you said it very eloquently. Yeah, so we're all waiting for that because, again, you're right. That's, that's you know, another draft pick that we used very high. First one for Sean McVay. We want to see him get in there and utilize those skills that they all told us we had, that he had. So hopefully that develops in year two. Uh, as we talk about Gurley, uh, you know, obviously MVP as far as fantasy football last year. Uh, Two years ago, I took him at number one overall, being Mr. West Coast out here, and Todd Gurley's going to mm -hmm. have a year flop big time. I had two, almost three chances at him last year, and I said, you know what? It was me. It was my fault. I jinxed him. I'm going to stay away. <laughs> now, there he goes, of course, uh, taken in the third round in my draft, and he goes on to be one of the best players. And where do you see him fitting in this year as far as picks? Can we 
is he dubbed the number one pick at this point? Or is it really hard for a running back to maintain two years like that back-to-back? It's really hard for a running back to maintain, but we know that it's possible, especially once they are fully introduced into the passing game. He's either the 101 or the 102. It's going to be neck and neck with him and Le'Veon Bell. It's kind of just who do you prefer? Right. Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell has a little bit more fantasy success under his belt. But the big deal for Todd Gurley was the the garbage. I, your team, I'm sure your podcast listeners are on, are on my team here, but the garbage offense from Jeff Fisher the just stale i'm i'm running plays like it's 1992 i'm right. not trying to innovate i'm just going to give the ball to Gurley and run it, let him run it up the middle and hope for good things every single time you went from that nonsense you went from 3.6 targets a game to 5.8 he had the fourth highest target share for a running back he had a higher target market share at the running back position than duke johnson who that's all he does <laughs> is catch passes and this is to Todd Gurley, who is, uh, who is one of the, the top rushers in the league. When you add that passing production, you talk about an unbelievable fantasy asset. The, the touchdowns, that's where things get a little bit dicey because we've seen just weird things happen with, with, uh, with the touchdown statistics. I don't have them right in front of me, but LaShawn McCoy years ago had a year where I think I mean, he was unbelievable with double-digit touchdowns. He turned into a top two, top three consensus pick. And I think the following year he had like four rushing touchdowns. Right. Weird things can happen when it comes to touchdowns. That's why we we always recommend people look at usage and look at yards because that's a a, a much stickier statistic to follow in, in my research in playing fantasy football. So Todd Gurley is still safe up there and the reason that they are taken at the 101 and the 102 is because that the competitive advantage of having a running back that essentially is two positions yeah in one because when you you finish with whatever it is you know 260 carries and then you add on that wide receiver production of a wide receiver two it's it's just a huge huge advantage for for your fantasy football team so i am perfectly fine with players Juan and Gurley at 101 or 102. Okay. And so buyers beware, but at the same time, go get your man. You know, if he's up there sure. and that's your pick, you got to stand by it. I did it two years ago and it hurt. <laughs> but I was in the Jeff Fisher era and you said it here. All our listeners right now are shaking their head and slapping their, their foreheads going, well, what were you thinking? You had Jeff Fisher yeah. led offense. So that was my bad there. But I uh, hope I get a crack at him again this year because it was it was sure fun watching him score all those touchdowns and run uh, over all those defenses. I want to transition to someone going from Todd Gurley, who everyone and their mom was talking about last year in fantasy football, to the guys that no one really talks about. But And I'm talking defense and special teams in fantasy football. We've just added you know, monsters everywhere in the secondary and on the front line. And then Greg Zerloin who, if healthy, you know, he had some back surgery, um, but Pro Football Focus put out something that said that he, only Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins among wide receivers averaged more fantasy points per game than Zerloin did. At what point do you say, okay, that's enough. I got to draft a kicker here because my man's a stud. 
where is where do you lie on that kicker draft and defensive drafting? Because the Rams have popped up as far as, you know, probably one of the most exciting defense coming in this year. And then Greg, with his stats alone, broke almost every special teams record there was last year. Yes, he was incredible. And that's it goes hand in hand with the Rams. Uh, they were the top scoring offense in the league. Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, yeah, that's correct. If, so that's what happened. I mean, and that's why people were giving the uh, the green light and go ahead of saying, "Well, I'm going to grab Steven Goskowski. I'm going to grab him a few rounds earlier than I should because it's guaranteed that he's <laughs> going to be great." And he was not. <laughs> I mean, well, not that he was bad, but right. I mean, because he, he ends up as the second kicker behind Zerloin, but. There were several weeks where you're just banging your head going, what is going on with Goskowski? Because the, the Patriots had to figure a couple things out. But I am still firmly entrenched, and the kicker should be your last pick. I, they, they come and they go, and you just some kickers have hot years. I remember uh, Hauschka up for the Seattle Seahawks there for a while was just an absolute stud because – they couldn't score touchdowns. They were a great offense, and they could get down the field, but they couldn't ever finish. And so Hauschka was just this perfect storm. And so just with the recyclability and the ability to find a good kicker in a good matchup where an offense should score points, I still am not going early. The defense, it's I still stand pretty tightly that of going with the second-to-last round because of the same thing where you can stream off of the waiver wire, you can find great matchups. You find that defense that's going to play against the Cleveland Browns and you get them fired up for the week. And they, those type of teams, you, you, you can find who to exploit and then they become mainstays from your waiver wire and they become top three finishers every single week. It just, it seems to work out that way that team, there's bad teams in the NFL. There's always going to be a bad team. Maybe it's not the Browns this year, right. but someone's going to be really, really bad that you can pick on. And defenses just don't give you that that super advantage, in my opinion, unless you can combine a top-flight defense with a uh, a real threat to score on a punt return or kick return. I remember the Chicago Bears years ago when they were an awesome defense, and then on top of that, they had Devin Hester running back kicks that kind of gives you that double dip situation. So maybe you want to reach a round or two early, but don't be, don't get cute and think you're outsmarting everyone by drafting the Rams inside the top 10 rounds. <laughs> well, I will, I'm going to do my best. I'm, I'm with you on, uh, Hold on, you got to stay strong, man. Stay yeah. Strong. Defense kicker usually is my last two picks, but we'll see how it goes this year after a few beers and, and my Rams hype. <laughs> and next thing you know, I'm like, the Rams are going to score 10 touchdowns because they do have the Farrell Cooper, you know, return game, which, yeah, you know, he had, solid, but... he had his, obviously he was a pro bowler. He had his moments. He also had his moments, you know, in the playoffs where uh, he muffed a couple and really put us in a bad position. So I'm not sure how he's going to bounce back from that, but I'll do my best to stay down there, but no guarantees with that defense. I think that would be my first move, maybe a couple rounds early just to have the hometown D. Um, and with that kind of being said, do you see them, you know, I know it's so tough to, to guess this, but, you know, do you see them as, as a top five defense? And is it is it sacks that they're going to lead with? Or do you think interceptions is where they're going to make their hay? Just, I mean, it's going to be both. It's 
it is an absolute nightmare to play uh, the Rams. Again, this is on paper, but I think it's going to work out uh, with with the corners getting it. To, you get the pressure combination of Donald and Sue. I mean, come on. That's, that's just – it's not even fair. And the fact that you have two good cover corners on top of that, normally it's, okay, you got to pay all the money to the front. Your cornerbacks are trash. Hopefully they don't have to cover for very long. It is just an, it is an unbelievable situation for offenses to figure out how they're going to match up with this defense on a weekly basis. Yeah, we're, we're super excited. We're ready for pads, man. We're talking about draft here, and, and here is Rams Nation. They're ready for week one on Monday Night Football. So uh, we're really definitely excited. I appreciate the time. One more thing before I let you get out of here. I've got a guy on my staff, Andrew Liptock, who does some writing for me. He's a big fan of your guys' show. And I asked him if there's anything I should ask you, a couple of the questions that we all talked about already. Um, but he wanted to know what happened. You used to be a, a Cardinals fan. Is that true? And, and he <laughs> thought maybe that you saw the Rams putting it together and maybe jump ship a little early. Or he, he wanted some explanation on that. You're a Vikings fan now. Is that correct? Yeah, it was, it was more so of my... So my entire family is from Minnesota. My uh, my ancestry is Norway. So of course they all just ended up in Minnesota. Yep. So they're they're all diehard. Well, my my dad made the switch over to a Cardinals fan, but the you know that the Vikings still holds a place in his heart. So it was just a situation of of my family's from there. My in laws are actually from there in a strange turn of events. So it was just me enacting my birthright, there you go. saying saying that I I'm I'm not just being a fair weather fan, maybe a little bit, but <laughs> but I have family <laughs> members who love it. I'm the only I'm the only one in my family born in Arizona. The rest of them are Minnesota. So I said screw this, and my love for Kirk Cousins knows no bounds. So it was just <laughs> a perfect match, and maybe on top of that, the I think the Arizona Cardinals are looking at a very long drought of being bad. So all those factors and the Rams certainly uh, helped push things in a, in a direction <laughs> knowing that the Rams and the 49ers are, are set to take over the division for a couple years. So I just, I just wanted to root for a winner. There you I go. There you go. I'm no tired of losing. Yeah. He, uh, he told me to take it easy on you, but he wanted me to throw in a little something in there for Rams nation. I know how you feel. I was born and born and raised a, a bears fan and, I got all my family telling me, what happened? You jumped ship. And I said, well, it happened to be at a perfect time. I moved here the same day the Rams moved to L.A. And uh, looking at that that uh, bear ship, even though they have it turned around a little bit, but I'm still a little weary of that ownership. But I get the same yeah. grief. I have to deal with the same thing of, of where I come from and, and the teams. But I uh, wanted to throw that in there uh, for Andrew. He's a longtime listener. So just know you got some awesome fans out there that appreciate everything you're doing. I appreciate you coming and joining us. Uh, I'd love to loop back. Uh, sometime after the draft or early season and talk a little bit more about this and get our listeners up and ready for some fantasy football. Yeah, man, we'll see what we can do. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Real quick before you go, where can everyone find you at? You can find the Fantasy Footballers wherever podcasts are available, where you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Or if you like to use the old-fashioned internet, you can go to thefantasyfootballers.com. Awesome, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, Best of luck in your 10 leagues this year. Hopefully you bring home a couple trophies, and we'll talk to you soon, bud. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate it.
All right, guys, there you have it. That was my chat with Mike Wright of the Fantasy Footballers. Great guy, awesome conversation. Hope to have him back on soon. Uh, maybe we can talk over some of those matchups, Cardinals, Rams, Vikings, Rams, whoever he's deciding to pull for that day. I get it. I've been there before, but want to say a big thank you to him for joining. I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, conversation between us on fantasy football. We talk a lot of football here. We need to get a little bit more into some fantasy football. So if you guys got fantasy football questions, you want to talk fantasy football, again, reach out to us at LA underscore rambling bear on Twitter. You can hit us up at Gmail, lockdownrams at gmail.com or on Twitter, lockdownrams. Multiple ways to find us. Feel free to reach out. If you say something, I'll give you a shout out on the podcast. I got love for the people. You know what I'm saying? I do appreciate you guys listening as always. I'm excited about this year coming up. Excited about the interviews we have lined up. Excited about chatting with James on a consistent basis. By the way, late happy birthday. My man's birthday was on 420. I did an episode. I was too caught up in making 420 jokes and dropping in Friday uh, scenes that I forgot to give my man a big shout out. So happy birthday. If you tuned into the end of the show, happy birthday, James Kroger. I appreciate all you've done. You're a great co-host and uh, big ups, big man. Another year. I think you're, what, 40-something now? Psych. You're the same age as me. I hope you're not 40-something. Well, we appreciate everything you've done here at Locked On Rams. So happy birthday, bud. Hope you had a great weekend. I'll actually be talking to you tomorrow. So everyone out there, enjoy today. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with another episode with James Kroger talking more Rams news and information. But you know what it is. Until next time, Rams Nation, peace. Hey, Locked On listeners. You already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.